Hello my people, this is Parma from Stars in My Pocket, a gay drama podcast, and you're listening to our fourth long yak. Now the sound quality on this episode is worse than usual due to some network issues on my end. I've tried to clean it up, but uh, allow me to extend my heartfelt apologies to your ears. On the bright side, I barely say anything for the first 30 minutes, so there is that. Um, Saya, Anisa and I have been wanting to extend the scope of our discussion in these monthly podcasts. So from this episode onwards, we'll be covering a bit of entertainment news and previews of upcoming dramas that might be worth watching. Oh, a uh, shout out to Andy Millman for suggesting the preview segment. Thanks, Andy. We love it when our listeners leave comments on YouTube or email us with uh, advice and encouragement. Our podcast is still fairly new and this motivates us, makes all the effort feel worth it. So thanks, guys. And now, off to the episode. We hope you enjoy listening to it. Okay, let's go straight into our news roundup, um, which is the new bit that we're doing now. Um, and what we've done is we've basically just picked a couple of stories that interested us and that are relevant to the stuff that we've been talking about. And I think um, what's deeply, deeply relevant right now is, of course, anything to do with sexual assault, Me Too, um, and actors who get away with it. So a, cu- uh, we, a couple of weeks ago, the news broke about actor Isolan who uh, was in Liar and His Lover last year and uh, Hospital Ship and more recently is this, was the second lead uh, for About Time. Um, and he was charged with um, sexual assault and he was dropped from his dramas. Um, and interestingly, he's also uh, quite recently, very recently, made an apology statement um, where he, you know, uh, regrets his actions and things like that. So... What do you guys think about that story? Uh, I'm glad you got fired. I feel bad for the crew that had to like reshoot so much and replace him and do so much extra work. I don't buy his apology because after she turned him down, he like went after her with a knife. So like, uh, what? (laughs) What does he think an apology is going to achieve at this point? He's like, she doesn't want to meet me, but I really want to meet her and apologize to her in person. Like, When you put it like that... (laughs) Yeah, it does not sound good. I uh, remember him from 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 a while when we were recapping the lad and uh, his lover, and he was such a fan favorite because he was adorable. He was just 18 years old, and like he was like the maknae of the uh, cast, right? And everybody treated him like a kid. But um, yeah, two years on, uh, not a good look. And I, I yeah. Uh, and also, you know, if his, if the woman he targeted had not been a celebrity, there's a pretty good chance that he would have gotten away with it. He has a pretty influential agency backing him. Yeah, yeah and the fact that this uh, investigation was going on for six weeks and his agency, I mean, they say Apparently. they didn't know, I think, but like, I really doubt that they didn't know. And the fact that he just uh-huh. kept working and didn't tell yeah. anybody and then, you know, like, that's also... Well, that says that he expected to get away with it. Yeah. No, it's but highly it, unlikely that he would get in legal trouble and uh, nobody from his agency would know. That is just outside of ridiculous. Also, you know, something that I find funny is that him, um, like, actually harassing someone, assaulting someone does not seem to have outraged the fans as much as the idea that 
um he like some maligned like by association uh, actors like park bogam just because they share an agency like that seemed to have outraged people more i'm just oh god really um, oh, i didn't yeah, some that part. the comments i was reading was pretty uh yeah clear on that so i'm sure that's not i'm not saying that's the majority of them i'm sure that's not i'm just saying that some people only seemed concerned about protecting their opa yeah so, sadly yeah, that's that not it. it's not um, a totally new or unexpected thing but it's still really gross what stood out to me is the fact that it's so unusual to you know to to for any of these celebrities to be charged at all usually you know the cases drop they come to a settlement there are no charges right um but mm. you know he's a rookie and that's not to, of course he deserves all of the consequences that are coming his way but i don't think it's cynical for us to think uh that this is the one person they've chosen to shoulder the burdens uh, the sins of of everyone doing it because there are bigger names than him who are doing it that we don't know about um and they're still getting away with it yeah so i don't yeah, know no, that I mean, this is a particularly optimistic outcome uh overall though it is for its specific case yeah but i choose to be optimistic that i'm i'm thinking like a year or two ago this may not have happened either so i'm just choosing to believe that this this shows a turn in um how the industry deals with cases like this but let's see i totally agree and i'm always down for the cynical take on anything because it's usually the real take but i also i want to point out like we talked about in our like men behaving badly episode that We talked about some pretty high profile cases in that um you know Jojo Han, Jomenki, um the other director who's like really he's internationally famous. I can't remember his uh, name right now. Uh, so like Kidok. That's right. So like those are some big names and I mean That's true. I don't know about Kim Hidok if he had any kind of consequences, but Jojo Han has like stepped down from his position. He's apologized. He's admitted to it and like so On one hand, you're right. It's kind of like, well, he's a small fry and nobody's really going to care that he doesn't have a career anymore, but it's also in one way a, a good um thing to just get rid of them early <laughs> before they become really popular and <laughs> yeah. really and they have more fans and um they've been causing damage for many years and they become one of those actors that like everybody knows about but nobody say, says anything like there's probably like still a ton. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure yeah. there's, a ton, I mean, there's a ton in Hollywood too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys heard um, Aja Argento's speech at Cannes yeah. um, a couple weeks ago, but oh. she basically went up in front of. Um, they have this thing on the red carpet where like all the actors just get together and it's like really fancy and stuff, and they have speeches. Yeah. And she yeah. basically went up there and said, you know, I don't know how many years ago um, Harvey Weinstein raped me at Cannes. and this was his hunting ground and she's like and there's a lot more people that still need to be uh, you know held accountable and they're in this audience right now and she's like staring them down i mean it was very intense it was pretty wow that's so brave very brave yeah so so i mean people are definitely not going to shut up now that they've started talking right that's hope not so should we move on right. to the next story <laughs> Yeah, what's the next thing? Yeah, why don't you? Well, um, I do want to add one more thing about uh, the Isoon story is that um I'm glad that it gives Kim Dong-joon the chance to take that role because um I, you guys didn't watch Black, but he was really good in Black and he's really adorable and don't turn bad Kim Dong-joon because <laughs> we're rooting for you. 
Okay, so the next story. Oh, the next story is an exciting one. Um, Kimini is in the process of uh, the writer of Signal is in the process of writing Signal Two. So Kingdom <gasps> has finished filming. And interestingly, I just Whoa. literally read this before we uh, before we started talking. Um, there's talks of a sequel for Kingdom, which is her uh, Netflix zombie series with Beduna and some other people. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, Signal 2. Everyone wants it to happen. The cast want it to happen. The director wants it to happen. The writers want it to happen. So the, they're just trying to find a way for the schedule to work for everyone, and she's writing it. So that's very exciting. I'm very it's so exciting. I'm basically going to hold my breath until it comes out. I'm right? So we're not going to breathe while we're watching it either. We're just not going to breathe. <laughs> we'll be dead before it comes out. <laughs> Last story. <laughs> um, so the last story is um, Kim Yoo Jung is back. For, she was ill for a while, so she had to. Um, she was doing a drama, uh, an upcoming drama called Clean with Passion for now. Um, but because she fell sick during the filming, everything halted, um, and the lead, the the person who was originally cast as a lead had to drop out because of other commitments so now they're in the middle of recasting the lead for that and one of the names uh, in contention is Yoon Kyun Sang which I am not happy about I mean she's 18 still he's 31 that's uh, we've talked about this a lot I'm just no especially because she went through such a hard time with like her surgery and like she was sick you know like she had so I want her to come back with something really amazing and and that I want to watch because <laughs> I love her I, I love her as well and yeah I just want her to be in be opposite someone more appropriate and that doesn't feel so sort of Yoon Kim Sang is not sleazy but this pairing feels sleazy. It's like the it shouldn't be happening. Yeah, yeah, and I don't understand why they're in such a rush to push these actresses into adult roles. Like they have their whole lives to play adult roles. Why can't they just play eighteen-year-olds for a while? You know? Because I think someone in a glass office gets off on on seeing eighteen-year-olds play much older, and while yeah. still being in that flower of youth. Yeah, that's even grosser. Yeah, that's that's why yeah. it's so gross. Because, <laughs> mm. like, I, I have absolutely no doubt that Yoon Kim Sang will be, like, a gentleman. In as far as we know about him, obviously, we don't know anything about him. But, like, you know, you expect them to be gentlemen in general. It's, it's not them. It's the casting. It's the people doing these, making these choices. She was the one, in this case, she was the one that was cast first. And she was on this project for a long time. So I'm a little bit... Like, usually it's not really the actor's fault, but in this case, I'm, like, side-eyeing Yoon Kyun Sang a little bit because he knows how old she is, and he signed on to it later. Or is this already it's, it's something that was It's speculative, cast? so it's not been done yet. He's in contention for the Oh, I see. So he could possibly... He hasn't necessarily said yes, they're just wanting him for the role. Right, he's been approached for the role, but I hope he does. Yeah, but usually um, actors don't uh, kind of look at the age of the actress and go like, no, I can't be paired with her, especially when they are in their early 30s. It doesn't seem to occur to them that they shouldn't be paired with someone so much younger. 
They're just yeah. not something that they consider. They consider the writer, the director, the chances of exposure for them. It's not, I don't know, the ickiness factor does not seem to be one of the things that the actors consider themselves. So, but yeah, let's see what happens with this. Yeah. Yep. One last thing, which is um, Swinger coming back to Dramaland, which is yay. Um, yay! He was discharged um, from. <laughs> He was discharged from military service with uh, a medical condition. Um, oh. So, yeah, he's coming back to Dramaland. And he's just been uh, confirmed uh, for a, drama, a remake of a Japanese drama, a hundred, what is it? 100 Million Stars Falling from the Sky, which uh, is like sounds like a pretty intense mellow. Um, yeah. And opposite Jong Soo-min, who is uh, Because This Life is Our First, right? Yes. Mm. Right. I watched um, A Million Stars Falling from the Sky, the original, the Japanese version. Um, so it's it a million, not a hundred million. <laughs> okay. It's like they couldn't decide what to call it in the reports I read. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> um, but he, it's very dark. I don't know how I feel about this storyline with those two actors, but we'll see. I mean, they can definitely pull it off. Um, it'll be interesting. I don't know if I want to go through such an emotional experience again, but then yeah, like with those two. Yeah, I was reading that. <laughs> I was a bit scared as well. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know anything about the original, but it did sound really like heavy and. It was also really, really good and really well done, and it was perfect at like eleven episodes. So I'm not really sure if I want this to be a Korean drama series. It's like sixteen, twenty episodes. We'll have to see. But then uh, it depends who's writing it, right? Right, because then you have things like Mother, mm. which was mm, amazing. So good. Yeah. yeah. Although I didn't watch that for the same reason. <laughs> but you know, there are a lot of people who watch the Japanese and they watch the Korean, and they said that the, that they um, preferred the Korean. Um, so I think because of the way that the Japanese one wrapped up, it kind of it didn't give you any closure, whereas the Korean one did give you a bit of emotional closure. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true for sure. <laughs> Barbara, you were going to say something? Sorry. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say that uh, my first introduction to Soyan Book's body of work was pretty um, weird. Like, Hello Monster and uh, uh, Police Unit 38 both were not exactly like... I mean, they had their cutesy moments, but they were essentially dark dramas. So it, if forget, he goes darker... Did you forget Answer Me 97? No, I, I did not forget Answer Me 97, <laughs> but I watched Answer Me 97 like a year after I watched those dramas. Okay? Okay. So like, those were my first introduction to the guy. And if he's going darker, I think he's like probably the only actor I would be willing to watch a dark drama for. Because you guys know, I, I'm all about the happy ending and the, you know, the, the escapism. I do not do well with dark themes, but yeah, if, if it has him, um, just to watch him in a drama, I probably would. Mm. Mm. And yeah, also, I don't he's know. Like out, right? Like, right before this, he uh, did uh, the shopaho Shopaholic Louis. That's what he did right before this? Uh, yeah, I think Shopaholic Louis was his last one. It's mm. very different from that. He's, I, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like I have that, like, goofy, smiley, like, uh, idiot with a heart of gold in my head, so it's going to be hard to switch to this, like, extremely dark, disturbed, um, almost like an anti-hero, yeah. so. But so, so in Gook and probably Park Pogam, I would be willing to watch really, really dark dramas in, 
because they just have this they are charismatic and adorable but when you put them in dark situations they can somehow pull it off can i add can i add jison to that list as well <laughs> yes yeah jison can do it too. absolutely yeah. he goes dark amazingly <laughs> Yeah. Um Anisa you were going to tell us about upcoming dramas. Yeah, so this we're going to talk about what's coming up in June and a couple of them are actually coming out in like a couple of days from today or t- even tomorrow since it's June 3rd while we're recording. So mm-hmm. we have um first we have Are You Human 2 which is the robot drama with So Kang Joon, Gong Sang-yeon and Lee Jun-hyuk and it's about like Basically, So Kang Joon is a robot, which is basically him in real life. So I mean, spot on casting. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Oh, fun. But it's true. I mean, you can't really. Do you know what? I actually, I don't hate him. Um, and I watched yeah, I the, the there's like this long six minute, uh, uh, what is it, highlight reel, which I just watched, and he he looks pretty good. like uh he looks like he's acting pretty. Okay, robotically. But <laughs> as usual, yeah. <laughs> the thing with these roles is uh like is similar to like Chesuvin in I'm not a robot is that he has to play both the robot and the human and show the difference between the characters. And I did feel like you could see that even in that um highlight reel. You could see mm. when he was being a robot and when he was being human. I mean, I think a lot of people have uh, have soured um on him because of the entourage debacle and also the cheese in the trap um fiasco <laughs> um yeah, I mean I already didn't like him from like that drama with the heroine has like flying a, single um, again cunning single woman That's right yeah right. all I can remember about that was the prosthetic foot of the second lead which bad, but it was <laughs> yeah. such an unusual detail that I just it stuck in my mind that and how much I didn't like his performance I think he's just played a lot of really unlikable characters uh, Yeah but th- what I always oh, what definitely. I find is that I always like him in the first half of the drama Uh, and then by the second half like you know his character goes off the rails because he's always a second lead and that's what second leads do um yeah, but like yeah. i really liked him in the first half of cheese and trap and i really liked him in the first half of um cunning single woman um and i didn't watch entourage so thank god for that and so i think the co- combination of like the characters he played that i didn't really like and plus how bad he was at acting in his early career and he has improved to be fair i just you know how sometimes there's just an actor that rubs you the wrong way and you don't really have a good reason for it. Oh. It's like it's it's probably just me. But Gong Seung-yeon is coming back and she I love like, her. Yeah, she's amazing. And especially yeah. after Circle, I'm like, you know, I'm her fan for life. At least until she does a horrible character and I stop liking her. Um, so I actually I, a lot of people thought that this casting was her being the robot. Um, but of course it's not. But yeah, I'm glad she's coming back. And we have Weasel Ejunhyuk. <laughs> yeah, you always love Ejunhyuk. And the other interesting thing is that um it's the director of Gaksutal and oh, yeah. um uncontrollably fond and a lot of other dramas like I tons of dramas. And I didn't um, realize it was written by the same writer as Princess's Man. That's yeah. actually right now this is my biggest draw because And it's entirely pre-produced. Yeah. They finished filming it 2017, yeah. Mm. That's... I'm optimistic about this one. I'm going to watch it. Okay. I'll try to get over my biases. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That's okay. You don't have to force yourself to watch things you don't want to watch. I think he just reminds me of a cat and so I can't buy him as like a hero of drama. 
I'm just like, you Funny you say cat. that. He reminds me of a cat who got the cream. So he's not right? just a mere cat. He's like a smug cat. It's that mouth. I just can't take him yeah. seriously. I'm just like, you're a cat. <laughs> um, so, so airing on June 6th on TVN is What's Wrong with Secretary Kim? Yay! Which I'm so excited oh, about. I'm so excited about. Fuck <laughs> Jun. Fuck Min Young. Uh, Yi Hwan. It's basically um, an arrogant boss. And his secretary, which is such a tired trope, but it's Park Seo-jun. Oh, the reason I'm cheering is because of the cast, because I love Pang Min-young, and Park Seo-jun is always fun, except... Do you know what? Actually, I'm a little bit more on the... When this was first announced, I was hoping against hope that he was the secretary and she was the boss, because how great yeah. would that be? I was um, hoping that too. And But after after his uh, She Was Pretty character, I'm just... I'm wary of Puxogen like as a CEO. You, yeah, and like it says in the premise description that he's arrogant. And then I watched the trailer, um, which is just a bunch of scenes of him being like, why are you quitting? I like you. I'm your... And she's like, you're not my type. And so he's like hitting on her and she's trying to get away from him. And she's his oh, employee, boy. which is so oh, gross. And I'm yeah. like, no, don't do this. Because I really I want to see these two in like a cute story. Just, you know, if they'd reversed yeah. the genders of that, the whole power dynamic would have been messed up as well in a really fun way. Right? So, it would have been so interesting. Yeah. I'm disappointed. Uh, but I'm still going to watch uh, the heck out of it. When I, have I mean, time. we've had, yeah, and we've had misleading trailers before, so mm. maybe it won't. As long as he's nothing like his character and she was pretty. Yeah. No, but it would have been too easy to just flip their characters and then have exactly the same story being told it's been done and it's a bit cliche at this point i think it's more interesting to have the basic you know the, the secretary boss romance trope which by the way i am an ardent reader of all uh, like harley quinn romances and this is like one of my favorite tropes ever especially the 80s books which were like super super problematic now that i think about it but as a teenager i did not care but the thing is, like, oh the things that I was okay with as a teenager, I'm, like, no longer really, I'm, like, so over it now. I'm, I don't want to, but you're right. me actively it's a, angry. Yeah, but, but part of me is so happy that as a teenager, I was not, like, um, aware of the problems <laughs> and that I could just enjoy this stuff because that feeds into a lot of the things that I watch now. And, like, when they take out the problematic aspects and just, you know, leave the good bits, I'm, like... My life is, like, amazing at this point. So, okay, sorry, I, I went off on a tangent. But no, it's but, true. Oh. Like, we didn't know back then. We, like, we weren't, our eyes were closed or whatever, and we were kind of still drinking the Kool-Aid, so we enjoyed that stuff. But, like, I just, now that I can see the problems, it's hard for me to enjoy stuff like yeah, that like the way I used to. Once you see them, you can't unsee them. Even right. though you desperately want to sometimes. Yeah. True. I didn't watch the trailer. Um, I just read, like, as soon as this uh, show was announced, I was reading up about every little piece of information they were, uh, like, letting us have. And um, the thing that I really liked about it was that um, apparently, like, that's how they described the show. Uh, Secretary Kim is supposed to be perfect for her boss. Like, everybody thinks so. She's worked hard for him for years. Like, it's a very, you know, Pepper Potts, Iron Man kind of dynamic. And it's like... 
and he never realized it and then one day she just ups and leaves and then suddenly he realizes he cheated her all along and it's like it's been done in two weeks notice if you guys have watched that Sandra Bullock um what's his name the the I love that head, movie uh, British yes. guy um, Hugh Grant I hate Hugh Grant I hate him too but <laughs> I'm sorry yeah, but, it's one of my problematic no, but, things <laughs> eh, moving on I, this show's been done but what I would love is if she was never in love with him cuz i'm assuming they're going to do the whole thing where she had a secret crush on him but gave up and moved on and even if that is so um i want her to like legitimately move on and not move on because you know the boss never cared about me and yeah. boo hoo i am a woman who never got her love and i don't well, want I that think- to happen i want to like flounce off just because she has you know a different career in mind she doesn't want to be a secretary forever or something like that that's what i'm looking yeah. forward to Well, like you said, if they take the traditional format but they really change the characters, you know, like they have the setup that you think that it's just going to be another one of those, but then it really depends on how they write her character, like you're saying, and what her arc is. And they have such an amazing cast. I don't I like if they they mess this up, I'm going to be really sad. Yeah, it's based on a novel that was also published as a webcomic in 2016, so it's clearly very popular. Okay. Well, because we love those actors, we will keep an eye on it. Hopefully it doesn't make us sad. The next one is Life on Mars, which is airing on OCN on starting June 9th. Jung Kyung-ho, Go Ah-sung and Park Sung-woon, again, amazing cast. It's a crime drama about a detective on a crime investigation team that um Time travels back to 1988. Wow. So it's very much cool. like yeah, if you watch the trailers there's not much story in it but it's very like with the 80s music and the sepia tones and they're all walking around with like leather jackets and you know um 80s fashion and sunglasses. It's pretty it looks cool, I'll be have, honest. It looks have very you very you watched the original? I have not. I have you seen the original? It was a BBC uh program, right? I haven't seen it. But Burma usually has. <laughs> so I'm expecting her to to chime in here. I haven't watched it. I just was clipped from it. You failed. Us. I'm sorry. I promise <laughs> to go ahead and watch it if you guys really want me to. <laughs> no, 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 just to compare. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> Your time is more valuable. Than this. Uh, but um I did really like what they like just this one thing that they um told us about the whole time travel thing that I really like cuz usually you know what they do with the rules, right? Like they establish a set of them and then they throw them out of the window by the end of the drama. Yeah. So but something they did here that I really liked is they simplified it. Like this guy goes back in time and he is just part of the world there. Everybody knows him. He's been assigned to a particular case. He's the only one who feels out of place. Everybody else seems to think that he belongs there. So whatever it is that he's doing, he's not like it's fish out of water, but people around him he's either inhabiting a different body or maybe for some bizarre reason like you know he's just but it just simplifies the entire thing it's not that he has to hide from someone there or you know how convoluted these time travel uh, rules can get so yeah i like yeah. that i'm not a huge fan of time travel k dramas except for the when they kind of intersect with the crime drama because i really think it's interesting how it kind of, you know like it signal where the time travel i mean there wasn't actual time travel but it was like their voices <laughs> traveling over time but it kind of 
it it has a really interesting relationship with like how the mystery gets solved and how the crime gets mm. solved and you know so I like that aspect when they mix those two things together. I find the yeah. concept really interesting. I mean, actually, it yeah. almost sounds uh, if it turns out to be something like a reverse of Tunnel, for example. I'm I'm in for that. That sounds good to me. I'm watching this. Um, <laughs> what I always find with the remakes is that I'm not interested in watching the originals. So, I mean, this has been around for ages, and it's English, and I'm just not interested. But you read the synopsis to me in, in a K-drama, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this right now. I wonder what that <laughs> says about our expectations about, you know, what what it is that we get from K-dramas that we don't get from the other stuff. I think it's also partly that... Um... Now, I don't really know a lot of non-Korean actors by their name and their work and, like, what kind of work they do. And so, like, I don't really follow people. Whereas in Korean dramas, I don't follow people exactly. But, you know, you, you kind of know what somebody's been doing and you've mm -hmm. seen their previous performances and you're interested to see, like, their take on something. And I feel like that makes me more interested to see a remake of something that I might not necessarily have watched the original of because it's just, like, a bunch of random actors that I've never heard of and a writer that I have, like, know nothing about, and a production team. You know, like, mm -hmm. with this, it's, you know, the director of Heartless City and The Good Wife and Criminal Minds, weirdly, um, and the writer <laughs> of Bring It On Ghost. So, I'm, you know, like, that makes me interested. <laughs> so, whereas... Criminal Minds, it's, uh, Sin was not its directing. It, Sin was its okay. writing. Like, the directing was fine. It was good. Um, and the cast was great. The problem was how it was written. So... You know, you've got the writer of Princess's Man here, and Princess's Man is a drama that I will never watch again, not for the obvious reason, but because it oh, no, was... it's not. Uh, it's not the writer of Princess's Man. Oh wait, Man. wait, no, that was a different it's one. It's the writer of Bring It On Ghost. Oh wait, sorry, I was yeah. confusing it with the other one. Oh, yeah, are you are human you too? Human. You're right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, um, Bring It On Ghost that had fairly good reviews, didn't it? I didn't watch it, it did. but I didn't watch it either. But I remember but it. But it seemed reasonably reviews. popular. And weirdly, there's a lot of connections because um, Bring It On Ghost writer is doing Life on Mars and the director of Bring It On Ghost is doing What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. Oh, yeah. And he also directed Ooh. Because This Is My First Life, Let's Eat 1 and 2. Yeah, so. I did watch Bring It On Ghost and um, it was a pretty good drama. Like, as far as emotional uh, beats are concerned, it, they did land well. Like, it was a pretty decently written drama, so... How did yeah. it handle the supernatural aspect? I think it handled the it, it was always a bit campy and they let it be campy. It didn't become overly melodramatic at any point. So and you know, it was pretty predictable. Like the girl was in a coma and she thought she was dead and blah, blah, blah. but whatever. It just it those are predictable tropes and they ran with it. And it was pretty good because it was all about the chemistry between the girl, the ghost girl and the boy who could see the ghost. So yeah, it worked. Yeah, I have I have faith in this director, and I mean, obviously, Jung Kang Ho can do anything. So <laughs> I don't think I've seen him in anything, you know. Really? I think. Let me. I'm gonna quickly look it up, but I don't think um, I have. I mean, obviously, I know the name, but yeah, he was. I think his first drama way back was like Smile You, which is like a super long family drama we did with uh, Lee Min Jung back when they were like unknowns. But I remember that a lot because he was the first real beta hero that I've ever seen in a Korean drama. He was totally the beta male and he got the girl and he was so he was just such a nice guy who was like not aggressive at all. 
And I was like, oh, this is nice. So that's stuck in my mind. He's uh, reuniting with the with the director from Heartless yes. City. Right. That's yes. interesting. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen anything he's been in. Um he's also in um that heart transplant drama with Kim Soyeon. What was it called? Um, the one that P watched, which uh, goes by a couple of different names: Falling for Innocence or That's Beating right. Again. Or Beating Again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And he was I in Prison one. Playbook, I think. Although I didn't watch that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel he's like I've seen him in yeah. something else, but he's really good. He's been in a bunch yeah. of things that I, for one reason or another, haven't watched. But I do mean to watch Heartless City, but I'm like still not emotionally ready. <laughs> Uh, dude, I just watched the first few episodes because of that one action scene, like in that narrow trench like area, like it was basically a narrow ca- corridor and there was this amazing action scene that everybody was talking about. So I just like powered through the first couple of episodes just to watch that and it was worth it. <laughs> I, I did not stick with it. I remember that this was airing at the same time as Secret was airing, and I could only handle like one super intense uh, drama at a time. So everyone else was watching Heartless City, and I was watching Secret. So yeah, that's and why I, I haven't got around to raving it about it too. But I was in mm-hmm. my final year of undergrad, and I was like so stressed out, and I was like, I don't need something. I need rom coms right now. Like I just can't. <laughs> So yeah, I, and that uh, one, if I remember correctly, Heartless City was like a proper punch to your gut type of uh, yeah. I'm drama. still trying to forget the spoiler that I know about it. So uh, when yeah. I forget it, that's <laughs> when I can watch it. Um. Well, we've uh, finished all of our upcoming dramas. Do you want to talk about Grandpa's Over Flowers? Oh, Grandpa's Over Flowers, which I don't actually watch, but I used to read the recaps of because it was never available subbed. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. back um, with the full original cast of Grandpa's. Um, they haven't revealed the location yet. Um, but yeah, that should be fun. I do wish... Did you guys ever watch like the American remake of the show? Oh, that doesn't sound like it would be good. <laughs> um, yeah, I heard someone's review of it on like a, an American TV podcast, and they were just so so baffled by it. But they also kind of found it charming. But they were also like, "This is really corny," and it was weird. It was one of those weird intersections where I'm just like listening to my one of my other podcasts, and they start talking about something that's like related to Korean dramas and variety, and I was like, "Whoa, this is interesting. <laughs> this is a weird <laughs> world's colliding moment." This is like seeing the Isawan story on Metro, and just for anyone who doesn't know, um, the Metro is a free newspaper that is given out in London. Um, like you can get it on the underground. It's distributed for free every day. Um, its online um, incarnation is sort of like the Daily Mail's Tongseng. So it's a complete rag. It's a total sensationalist <laughs> rag with like. No real journalism to and, and to see the Isawan story there actually written quite comprehensively and well. That was a culture shock. Like, whoa, why are my worlds kind of crossing over here? But that was, yeah, that, yeah, that was weird. Interesting. Because someone in, in the metro is a Korean drama fan. It, they must be. That that's weird. Yeah, that's the only explanation. <laughs> so that covers um, all the upcoming stuff that's going to be coming in June. And I think we're finally ready to move on to what we're actually watching. What are we talking about first, Parama? Um, so, guys, you had the amazing experience of recapping uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kikinona. How oh. was that for you? <laughs> it started out 
amazing. And then it, it kind did. of fell oh into the... And oh. why is it that these, these like, uh, these kind of endings only happen to drama that start out so amazing? Um, I have a theory, and it, it changed everything um, for me. Um, like, after the show ended, and, you know, everyone was talking about it, and it all began to sink in... And I was thinking, I like, I was thinking about it for like two weeks. So I'm still thinking about it. Um, and it suddenly occurred to me that we've been watching it all wrong, or rather, it's been branded wrong and sold to us uh, under false premises. But what if Gina is in fact an anti-heroine, and this was not a romance? We were wrong, because when you look at it that way, suddenly everything changes. Because this is not meant to be a drama about someone growing it like it's not a drama about growth it's about regression it's not about resolution it's about the failure to reach it it's about someone who keeps on making mistakes endlessly and doesn't learn from them and okay, then suddenly guess... it takes on a, a new light for me and then i still hate it but I can, like, it feels more experimental, like they're trying to do something there. But then I don't know if we're giving it too much credit. Yeah, I mean, I saw those at the end of Pretty Nuna as well. Like, the comments about how they're trying to comment on something. And with this director, I guess I can buy that because he tends to do dramas that tackle, like, you know, interesting social issues. But at the same time, I remember I was <clears throat> in the beginning when I was taking notes around, like, it was very early on, maybe first couple episodes, and I wrote down, like, is this a misogynistic show? Question mark. And I still don't really know how I feel or what the answer to that question is. And if you're right and they are trying to talk, do a story about an anti-heroine, like, I don't think that they really succeeded because then what's the point of the story? Yeah, I'm, you know? I, my, my second point to that was, my rejoinder to my own point was, there is no purpose to this show except there to isn't. demoralize. All it does is it demoralizes. And it ultimately, what I find, what, what my conclusion is here is that it's punching down. Like, there's no merit, there's no value. And in fact, there's not even any novelty in telling this story. Because this is a story that plays out in some way in practically every woman's life. Like, it's a realism that does not need fictionalization if all you're going to do is give it that kind of ending. Like, it's, it's fundamentally disempowering. Yeah. Okay, so my, my take on it, my take on it is uh, that it was meant to be demoralizing. I, I like, I'm, the creators of this drama gave us a heroine who was messed up to begin with. But she gets into a good relationship. She seems to be um, trying to better herself, her circumstances. Uh, the people around her start getting supportive. And you're thinking, oh, hey, this is good. Like, maybe this is like, this is aspirational. This is what we want to see. And then they turn around and slap us back down and tell us, no, that's not going to happen. You really thought you could get out of that kind of situation. You can't. You're going to regress. Everything's gonna go to shit, and you're just going to live the way you were. Your actions are gonna repeat themselves. You're gonna, your relationship, the wonderful relationship that was almost redemptive, is going to end up being sort of a pseudo abusive thing that 
i just yeah your relationship with your parents will never change and your relationship with your workplace will never change you just hoped for it and, and the world will out. never change and again yeah. i reiterate yeah. then what was the point of this story exactly you know, like- Okay, here I have I have a theory, and it's like a super dark theory. It's that someone looked around, saw all of this Me Too anti-harassment thing happening, and they were like, you know what? Let's just grab the zeitgeist and show these guys that that's bullshit. You're never going to have like a positive outcome from all of this protest, and what's going to happen is that you're just going to be peddling water in the same social dark waters that you've been in all along. It's miserable. I don't know. It's, that's exactly. Do you know what? I actually well, I mean, think that oh, kind on. of sounds plausible, even though it's horrible to think. Yeah. But like this kind of story, I I wouldn't. If it had been a two-hour film, I'd be like, you know what? That was brutal, but I get it. But when you you've invested, and this was a sixteen-episode drama, but we it was well over twenty hours long. Um. When you have been through 20 hours of misery, and for us recapping it, it was like, you know, you're watching closely. So it's even worse. That's, and also, yeah, the ending, if if it had been going for that, then that tacked on reunion at the end, like that didn't fit. It didn't work. The writer, like, I don't know whether it was intended to be that way, but that, it didn't feel like it stayed true to its sort of dark, cynical um, trajectory, if you're yeah. going to do that. Oh, but it kind the of did, thing. right? You come back to your abuser. You you do that. You do that all the time. That's what he did. He came back to this uh, this relationship that, in reality, he should have run away from. Okay, but so if that is the case, and they're trying to show that it's hopeless and all that, but then, like you said, um, Saya, it's also punching down because... I would have been okay with a story where it showed, like, a heroine that was dealing with all this stuff, but then she had some personal growth. And even if she wasn't able to um, win in her fight against the workplace sexual harassment, and even if her relationship with Juni, who seemed like the perfect guy, didn't work out and she ended up single, at least I would have liked her to grow a little bit or learn something or understand. But instead, she just ends up, like, as this... Nothing really works out for her in the end, except, yeah, like, this toxic relationship somehow. Yeah, (laughs) she keeps running away. She doesn't learn anything. And in in a way, like, people, some people are saying, oh, well, she's a flawed heroine. It's nice to see a flawed heroine. But I almost feel like the way that the story is written is showing how she went through all this crap, but she's a garbage person anyway, so, like, it's okay. And women are stupid, and they make mistakes, and so they (laughs) deserve... I don't know, but it makes me feel really gross because it it makes it seem like all the stuff that happened to her was ultimately her fault. And that's usually not the case when you're dealing with this kind of stuff no, in your but life. I, you know? I, like, it's an ultimately toxic story. Like, everything exactly. about it feels toxic. And that's why, you know, again, with the demoralizing and punching down. I don't think it was done with uh, with some kind of goal of irony or or you know of uh, uh, setting up uh, this I don't know sad trajectory this tragic story. No, I think somebody and okay, I, I know was, I'm I like think storytelling I'm, just fell down. Like they couldn't keep hold of the story I they wanted to I tell. Think, 
I don't think I can give them that excuse because they have actually stayed very true to her character. How can you keep the character so consistent if it was a failure of story? Clearly, this character That's was true. very clear well, in the writer's the, mind. The other interesting point is that this uh, um, Sonia Jin accepted this role after reading the scripts for all 16 episodes, and the showrunners have said that they didn't change anything. So yeah, that's also weird. I, to me. I don't know. This is really strange. I don't know what to make. Like, still, I don't know what to make of it. Like, we can interpret it any which way. Like, we can attribute it to as you know a kind of an unexpected genius, or we can say that no, it was complete failure of writing. But ultimately, there's not like. Like you say, the characters remained consistent, but it takes work to keep them from growing because, like, growth is natural. It does actually, you know, yeah, happen automatically of... and inevitably sometimes. And like, I'm with Burma. I'm with you on this. Even though it's a dark theory, like it checks out because, like you said, the writing wasn't bad. Like, it wasn't one of those dramas where like the they're just like taking all these weird plot turns and you're like, wait, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't stay consistent to the character. Like, it's actually pretty well written. It's just like really messed up. And um, I wasn't arguing against what you were saying. I was just saying that I've seen some people saying that it has a message that's actually empowering to women and I just don't No, no, I think the message is the opposite. I think it is yeah. disempowering. It's, it is. It's designed to demoralize. That's what I mean about it not having value or purpose. If uh, if we generally accept that the purpose of, uh, you know, any of this kind of entertainment media is to in some way uplift something, this doesn't do that at all in any way. Yeah. Oh and God, you know, like there wasn't a single episodes. How many episodes did they spend? I'm just talking about like the her workplace um, uh, subplot. Subplot. Yeah. Uh, um, how many episodes did they spend building, building up it the up, whole yeah. harassment issue? Yeah, like I think 12, 13 episodes was just a build up. And then it and didn't even, nobody like was it, actually filing complaints. It didn't even go out with a whimper, it just sort of it happened time script. Yeah, like we don't yeah. even know what happened. Like we literally don't know what happened because they All didn't bother telling that, us. Right, she, we, we just know that she got like demoted and sent somewhere else and that all the people who harassed her are still working for that company and they're fine. And, um, and it feels even more gross because they show you the they abuse do the, happening the nudge, nudge, on wink, screen wink thing with so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like you have to watch her and the other women being, you know, groped and abused in a really gross way. <laughs> and they, sh- they keep showing it over and over again. Like, you know, they have these like video evidence. And so like, it's an ex- it, it almost feels like an excuse to like keep showing you that, but then you don't see any of the consequences. So the fact that they don't show you any of the consequences or anybody or her even you know tr- attempting to you know confront her abusers or attempting to bring them to trial or any kind of resolution, it just makes that feel really gross in retrospect that they spent all that time showing you that. Like yeah, it just feels gross. It's just, can I add uh, something there as well because it's yes. interesting you say that it it seemed like an excuse to keep on showing it, which is um it may well be true because um as I was reading up on a bunch of different stories, um I came across um a story about how uh what is it called um wait, hold on um secret camera porn basically um you know Molcam porn so mm-hmm. they. They have like people. It's like a, an epidemic in Korea right now. People set up secret cameras to film women doing their various daily 
whatever, whether it's in the toilet or in the shower or just upskirting or you know, any, anything, but it like of their wives, their daughters, n maybe not daughters, maybe daughters, wives, girlfriends, daughters, family members, mothers. Oh, um, and, and this is like a, such a big problem in Korea now that they're trying to, there are groups that are lobbying for the restriction of sales um, of uh, hidden cameras. So basically the hidden cameras are, you know, like um, just harmless house, uh, household objects with cameras in them that you would never know are there. Um, and they're arguing they're arguing that this is a taste for more natural uh they have a taste for natural porn like women in their natural environments so this is a thing right now um oh. it's uh, we'll put links into the um information section for people who it want to also it. yeah it also reminds me of that story that you shared um about like me too in korea that it's i think it's from february where there was one prosecutor i think who came out with her story mm -hmm. um and sh when she first spoke out i think she got sent to like some kind of provincial office and basically like there was no investigation there was no nothing but then like when she came out with it publicly a lot of other people started sharing their stories too in a lot of different fields um there was a lot of women who were supporting her and who were speaking about their own experience so like that's yeah, the only thing that felt really authentic is that fact that she gets sent to that like random you know, place out in the countryside and she's just, you know, demoted in everything but name. Spy camp porn, that's what it's called. Ugh. I feel like I need to take a shower now. Shall we, um, <laughs> move on to a poem a day <laughs> so that we can, um, Finish refresh our an souls? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I enough so dystopia. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a perma day, yeah. the total opposite. You know, the interesting thing is, is when we both, when we started these shows, we were like so into Nuna, and I like, I think I had quite a hard time convincing you guys to start a perma day as well, um, and they turned out to have these totally opposite trajectories. So yeah, yeah, like if we if we go back to our last yak, we were we were complaining about the first few episodes and how like they were it was so difficult to get through certain hackneyed uh, plots and stuff and but by the end of it, my god, the experience was completely different. Oh, oh it was so delightful. <laughs> just left me with a smile on my face. Yeah, it was just, you know, they, what's so great is it, I agree with anyone who says, I mean, I'm sure there are people who, who found it boring and just dropped it. And I agree that it had a very low conflict quotient, but it, it was a completely different experience of like how the hero, like you had the good guy win out, like virtue was rewarded and it sounds like an old-fashioned thing to say or to expect but what happens in dramas uh, and in romance in general is that jerks are rewarded um and the good guy is always the guy who who loses out because you know yeah good guys yeah. never win but this was different it, i yeah, really like, love that it's I like basically that it respected right, the, the heroine's choice. But more than that, it was that the heroine's choice mattered. Like, she got to actually choose according to her true values. Not, uh, like, she wasn't swayed by tropes, which is what always happens. Yeah. And I think at the and end of the day... Sorry, what, just one point and then I'll stop. Yeah, yeah um, go ahead. The, the, pers the 
person that you're most rooting for in this drama and the person that you love the most in this drama was Boyoung. It was, you know, Yubi's character, and she was so wonderful to the end. Yeah, for once, it was the heroine who got all the development. You know, instead of having a heroine who's basically a static character and she's, like, just good from day one and she remains good and she's lovable and, like, she's very pretty and you know why the hero would fall in love with her, but he's the one that gets all the development. But in this, it was about her. It was about her professional career it was about her journey to like falling in love and you know having a relationship and you know getting her confidence back you know like it was so and she did such a great job with her performance I was really I mean Yubi has been really good from the beginning but she's had a bunch of not so great roles and I feel like she deserves to be a bigger star than she is right now so it was really nice to see her in this and Eugene Hook was just so hilarious <laughs> blend of like dorkiness and handsomeness that just like and he's like he's like a dork but then he's also like really confident in his job (laughs) which is so nice to see and without being a jerk about it you know like someone who's really good and successful at their job and is also a good person why is that so rare to find in a drama it's so rare in real life (laughs) it is but and also, nice the <laughs> amazing thing is that for once, um, they had a pair with clear age and power difference, but it never felt predatory and it never felt like he would abuse his power. He never, he never ever did that. He only used to protect her, protect his teammates. And that was, it was so good to see. Because we are and not used was, to seeing guys, especially guys with so much success behind them, um, like, you know, like heroes with so much success behind them actually being nice to the, his teammates, like in his own way. Yeah. And he, he was so yeah. respectful of her as a person. And he didn't just treat her like, you know, you're below me, so you just have to listen. And I know better than you because I'm older and I'm a man, and, you know, all that gross stuff. And that, like, totally nails what really was amazing about the relationship is that it was rooted in respect. And, like, everything started from respect and admiration. And, like, I know a lot of people were, like, um, because at the end they did bring up this um, question of, of whether the uh, whether love is being comfortable with someone or whether it's sort of showing them your best self. And I felt like the story stopped us short of showing that point where they reached that comfort. But I have no doubt that, that those two would become comfortable over time. Um, yeah. And I said this in the recap, but to me, it just felt like an old-fashioned marriage. You know, they don't, you don't, uh, for ex- like, arranged marriage type of marriages. The couple might not know each other very well when they get married, but over time, they develop that closeness and comfort. Right. Um, and yeah. I feel like this is what was happening with them. We saw that process begin with them. Like, they made active decisions to share. Um, and even, And it was just so nice to see that. Absolutely. That's a really like, good analogy, um, Zaya, because there's, um, there's a difference in life experience between them. And that was true of old-fashioned arranged marriages. Usually the, uh, the men had uh, more life experience. So it's not like the guy, your husband could immediately be your best friend. Hmm. But there are so many stories of, you know, over time, um, people going, getting close together and then becoming the closest confidant. And, and what I loved about uh, the finale was that they were already stepping towards it. The moment he realized that she doesn't feel completely comfortable with him, it it bothers him because that that's the that's where he wants to get to eventually. 
like she doesn't see him as a friend she sees him as a potential partner and and eventually they will because they are very honest with each other they talk to each other whenever there's an issue they talk it out so right yeah i'm exactly. pretty sure they will get that and like um what like what you were both saying about respect and also like forma what you were saying about how um there's always that worry that he's going to take advantage when the guy is in a position of more power but if anything with this one it was minho who was taking advantage of her in a different way because even though it, like in a workplace situation she was a superior but he like used their closeness of being formerly like classmates and kind of being friends to kind of to hurt to, her and to, to take advantage of her yeah. and to disrespect her yeah in a way that he probably wouldn't have been able to get away with if they were strangers mm. and and so like that whole thing of like oh i'm comfortable with you as a code for i feel free to treat you like crap because we're close yeah. it really exposed that hypocrisy of his whole like oh it you know like she can't relate to him because he's so old and stuffy and he doesn't understand you and you know like so i really liked how they kind of subtly showed that in a really nice way and actually i felt that um we uh, boyang and uh what's his name um dr ye that they they understood each other on a more fundamental level than sort of a youthful fling or you know like it was a much more mature understanding that they had mm. i don't know if that I if agree. i'm making myself clear yeah. but like there was something that clicked between them immediately and it wasn't sort of chemistry and uh, like physical attraction it was like a an attraction to the values that they each held but that's what makes a relationship last in the long run it's not you know that chemistry and that physical attraction it's like you are a valuable <laughs> person in my life and i want you to be in my life because i think you're you know someone i can respect and love and you know yeah but it's something we rarely see um like Agreed. it's not even something given a, a lot of value in real life never mind in in drama land yeah. you know it's always about do you have chemistry chemistry is important because without chemistry you can't have a relationship but that's actually not necessarily true because the yeah. sort of most long lasting and uh strong relationships come through having the shared values. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I also just want to point out that like I really liked the way they used poetry. Oh and yeah, that was even great. though by the end they were still doing that, you know, catchphrase thing which never totally I was never totally on board with. <laughs> But by the end I was like so I love the character so much and I had so much affection for all, like the cast and they did such a great job with the small stories of the patients which normally in these kind of slice of life dramas you care about the cast the main cast and even like the the ensemble but you generally don't get moved that much by you know people who are just there for one episode and you see their story but they did such a great job of, like weaving those in and like i cried a lot more sometimes over some of the patients even or some of the side stories you know like the old lady with the with the cart you know like so the poems were really really well done i thought um i just want to add something before we move on from this uh, two things actually one thing is that i really appreciate that this was a medical drama that didn't focus on doctors i yes. hope that next time there is one uh, they focus on nurses because dude without nurses hospitals would not run and most medical dramas tend to show doctors or interns doing things that usually nurses would be doing it's a weird thing medical <laughs> dramas do they completely yeah. obliterate nurses i maybe. want a drama that focuses on just nurses maybe what we I need agree. is a remake of call the midwife 
Okay, I I'm fine with that. that. Yeah. Um, nurses get so disrespected, even in real life, too. That's the problem. No one appreciates yeah. nurses. And they do okay. so much more work than doctors, honestly. Oh my god, yeah. Like, they, they, uh, look, it's not just that the hospitals wouldn't run, run without nurses. Doctors can potentially make so many mistakes. And the, fir- the first people who generally tend to catch these mistakes and save lives are nurses because they are completely conversant with the patient's everything. Like, they know everything about the patient. The doctor yeah. just comes in for consultation. In most cases, the doctor doesn't know shit about the patient. If the nurse wasn't there to make sure that, you know, like, he isn't prescribing something that this person is allergic to, the patient would most likely be dead because the doctor has to go and look at another 50. Okay, I'm just going to shut up now. Can, <laughs> I, can I make a yeah. semi-recommendation here? Because, um, sure. uh, semi-recommendation. I don't know if we can watch it anymore because ESO won, but Hospital Ship was really good about this. It was very low-key, and it was, uh, again, a lot of people like panned it for being dull and having no chemistry and things like that, but I really liked it. Um, it was on last year, um, uh, and it reminded me, uh, like, per, uh, Permaday reminded me a lot of the same sort of vibe and energy that you had from Hospital Ship, which was just warm, healing, low-key, and... Yeah, it was just, it was like that. But yeah, I don't know if we can watch it anymore after he saw one, which is a shame. Well, but we'll leave our audience to decide for themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they can, they can decide. Um, the, uh, the, the other thing that I wanted to uh, say about Appointment A was that I know the catchphrases annoyed you. Um, Anisa, I really enjoyed I them. <laughs> yeah, I did too. And, and especially, <laughs> um, <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> Shall I give you an advice? <laughs> I love that Yejivok had, um, you know, something that made him ridiculous. Because it's so That's rare true. that we have leading male characters being made to look silly. Because not just because of something situational that passes. Not because slap, slapstick comedy, but because of something in their personality. And I love that he had this one thing that everybody laughed at him for, but he was so... Like he stuck to it. That was, Do you notice uh, how over time everyone had made an imitation of him doing that? Was oh like, God, yeah. yeah, that was the one catchphrase that really didn't bother me, especially by the end. I was like, it made me smile. So you're right. It it did grow on me, especially the can I give you some advice that that was. <laughs> I suspect great. that this is this is one of those uh, things that's going to end up being parodied in other dramas later on. It's just, just, just the, the way they were like they'd clamp their jaws the... together and do it. <laughs> yeah, I also looked up by the end like everyone was imitating Boyang's like fanning of her tears, but not in a mean way, but in like an affectionate way. Whereas in the beginning they were mocking her in like a mean way. So and then I saw it in another drama and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, so I, this isn't a recent drama, but I finished watching Age of Youth 2, which I'd only seen the first episode of when I was, like, dying of a really bad cold virus a couple weeks ago, um, and I just kind of binge-watched it, and I think I was, I was kind of prepared for the, there's something that happens at the end that I won't spoil that I had kind of heard about that people were a little bit not so happy about, but because I already knew about that, it didn't really bothered me and I really really enjoyed it and it was just it was really nice um second season that you know properly paid homage to all the people that didn't return and it did a really good job talking about like relationships and friendship and family and um the new cast member was really good it was very heartwarming I cried um <laughs> and I it surprisingly took on some really 
serious issues of like violence and um i mean the first one did too but like again it tackled this uh issue of like sexual violence against women um and just like intimate partner violence and stuff like that so that was um and it was very well done so it was nice to watch that in contrast with pretty nuna who buys me food which is just terrible (laughs) on that on that front so yeah Highly recommend, but it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet, but I, it's not bittersweet in a way that made me feel like cheated or upset or anything. I really, really enjoyed it. Both seasons are so good, so highly recommend both. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, oh, and if you're watching it on Netflix, it's called "Hello My Twenties" for some inexplicable reason, which just makes me mad. It it it, it did always change names on <laughs> on Netflix. We don't yeah. we don't know. But this why. isn't particularly yeah. egregious. I just don't it just makes it sound like such a cheesy, horrible show. I know. And the original title is so good. Yeah. Anyway, end rant, but I just wanted to yeah. put that out yeah. there just to make it easier to find for people. <laughs> okay. Go ahead and move on to okay. the <laughs> we're gonna move on to uh, currently airing dramas and uh, we've all uh, like uh, sampled a bit of uh, a few of them and uh, I kind of wanted to cover about time I just watched um, the first episode and so far it's looking really good like I was told it was going to be like master's son redux but um, Sai did you, did you happen to watch it? I haven't had time yet unfortunately Okay, so um, I'll just be quick then. Um, I I am enjoying. Um, I'm. Uh, we shoot. What's her name? I always forget. Lee Sang Young. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm really enjoying Lee Sang Young's uh, performance. I like. We know she's an amazing actress, and it's a pleasure to see her in leading roles because somehow whenever she does whenever she used to do secondary roles she would be given these really hackneyed peculiar character traits but as the leading lady she can just be you know this one person without weird takes i guess um and and she is really like she does emotions so well and like she's completely sold me on this character who knows exactly when she's going to die and it's like this is revealed in the first uh, episode. That's how they kind of grab you. And I, I really like that. She knows exactly how much time she's got left, and it's not much. And she wants to accomplish some things before she dies. And it's not like a huge bucket list type of thing. It's a very specific goal. She wants, she wants to do something, and she's been practicing for it. She's trying out, and it's not working. And she's feeling really demoralized. And like being able to see her uh, clock literally um, count down uh, to the day of her ultimate death is not fun. So when she meets um, this guy, what's the guy's name? Lee oh, Sang Yoon. Lee is a girl. Lee Sang Yoon. Dude, I'll never be able to. I, I just pronounce it exactly the same. The guy's name is Lee Sang Yoon. <laughs> His name is Lee Sang Yoon, and her name is Lee Sang Kyung. Ah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's okay. similar, though. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, fuck me. Um, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> the ultimate despair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, it's okay. Just say so the hero. She, okay. Okay. Fine. So when she finally meets the hero, who um, initially I thought, look, the age gap is obvious, and he is such a grumpy guy. It's not even like you can literally see his age on his face, and that it, it was gonna be creepy. But it's um, at least not in the first episode. It's not like her desperation is so real. 
and he's he's already suffering from trauma from something that had happened before and they they both need help emotionally and um i i'm looking forward to seeing how they provide that emotional help to each other because right now it's very master of sunny where she realizes oh uh, this guy helps me not see death on everybody's face and she knows exactly when everybody's dying which is like the most horrible talent to ever have and um he stops the clock for her so i i like the premise a lot the emotions are there and i i'm going to watch the second episode and see how i feel about it so yeah okay so that was about time and uh, okay if they did re- the reshoots they did a really good job i'm i'm like uh, well done cast and crew i'm sure they had to uh, really really bust their ass to do it and um, i'm just like well done guys and i hope all of you are sane and alive and getting paid really well for overtime okay yeah. <laughs> moving on um <laughs> i second so, that <laughs> <laughs> uh woke of love do you have watched that right oh i'm up to date on this i watched the first two half hour episodes this morning so i've also seen yeah it. so did i i've just watched the first two side you want to talk about it Well, there's not that much to say except that it's absolutely insane, but I love it. It's it's so bonkers. Like, it's crazy, and nothing makes sense for the first like four episodes, as in four half uh, half hour episodes. And even then, I think it basically it hit. Uh, it had told it had put all of the pieces in place um, by last week. So uh, I don't even know what episode we're on now. Is it episode twelve or something? Um, what? No, sixteen, sixteen. We're on sixteen. So basically, it took until twelve episodes for it to get ev- all of the pieces in place, and then you finally have the whole story. Six um, hours. Uh, oh, so, yeah, six, so, yeah, six hours. <laughs> But it's worth it. The amazing it thing is that so many people have actually stuck to episode two. I was reading a comment on a website somewhere. Like it, it grabs you, even though things don't make sense. The, the characters is, grab you right away. Yeah, and like these three main leads are so good, and like you said, so it's so weird <laughs> and so crazy. But it's not. <laughs> I mean, I think I had an unpopular opinion. When regards to this drama, um, do you guys remember like uh, Woohoo Waikiki? I like yeah, yeah, it was a had also had a really weird prem like premiere episode, and it just didn't work for me. And I was like, this is weird. It was like weird and wacky, but it was also boring and unfunny to me personally. I know a lot of people really enjoyed it. With this one, I'm like, I don't know what the heck is going on, but I'm so here for it. <laughs> you know, like Dong Hyuk and his like weird. gangster also like this writer is one of my favorite writers so i'm also kind of willing to give her the benefit of the doubt because i because, just like yeah the, the same thing happened in jealousy incarnate actually which is that the first six episodes were just like it didn't come together until six episodes in so it kind of seems like a like um no 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 i i don't i don't i don't think i don't think you can compare this to jealousy incarnate it was never this insane dude they started it the wasn't this with... insane but it was that all of, like it I do remember this because I was recapping it. I remember that stuff didn't like the whole picture didn't come into view until six episodes in. That's true, but I still found it interesting and enjoyable to watch from the beginning, even if we didn't quite know where so the story this. was going. Uh, unless yeah. you were saying and this it isn't. Is. <laughs> no, I I agree. It is very enjoyable to watch. It's just in like incredibly. I just don't know what's going on. And for some inexplicable reason, you have Emi Suk playing like two characters. Yeah. <laughs> just what is that? Why? Yeah. <laughs> Her, she 
Yeah, Amy Sook, and who's the other character who is also Jealousy Incarnate, who, like, played her frenemy? A puck Oh, yeah, though. Yeah, the, the, both of them are in yeah. this. I think this act, this writer just really loves those two actresses, and they probably <laughs> love her, too, so they're like, yeah, we'll come back. She probably writes the characters especially for them. For them. <laughs> also, an interesting thing to me is that I feel like this writer has, a, has, like, a fixation on, like, pathetic and sad gangsters trying to turn over a new leaf and also cooking. Yeah, yeah, cooking. She wrote sure. pasta. She wrote Miss Korea. Um, there's a chef character in Jealousy Incarnate too, who's like kind of Crazy. sad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and and weird and charismatic. So I feel like she has a thing for chefs and a thing for gangsters who are trying to to reform themselves. So now, <laughs> now they've been married in this drama to be gangster yeah. chefs. <laughs> I'm here for it, to be honest. <laughs> here, but like. Yeah. It's so wow. much the character, yeah. the, the cast, you know. But I, I, what's undeniable is uh, Jung Hyuk and uh, Jung Hyun have like the best chemistry. They and I've just seen them in two episodes. I want them together by the end of this drama. I don't care what else happens. I don't care what Jun Ho, like, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice yeah, gentleman. I think, you're, just I think like, you're on the sinking ship, P. I, no, I'm also I, on I the ship. Don't tell me that. <laughs> I love them together too. Because Ever why? since she was like, your haircut makes you look like a gangster, and he was like, cut more, but I'm in love with you. And I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, OTP. And, he's just, and he's like, he's so in touch with his emotions. I and he's know. like, yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, I, I love that the first thing he says to her almost is, um, don't get married because divorcing is hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awkward. Split and, and look, <laughs> yeah, but every time these two are on, like every time he says something, I'm cracking up. And look, I'm just tired of Guys, Ajahn Hyuk not so getting much the girl. Keep watching. <laughs> it, like it gets a million times better every episode. And I also love it. just, it, even just in one hour, I've fallen in love with the heroine so much because oh, yeah. it's a very oh, unusual character to see this. Like really, I mean, she's so far she just seems like a really nice person who's kind of a busybody, but in a really like harmless and like sweet way where she just wants to like help everyone and like spread around more happiness and like give people advice you know what I, but not in like what, a, uh, what, a nosy way you know yeah and and what astounds me is that right before that she did witch's court and she was like this this sly sort of cynical character there and it was just and I loved her. I loved her there. Okay, she was almost immoral. And from that, she switches to this girl. And like, they're equally believable. Like, when I'm watching uh, Jang Yuan in uh, Greasy Mellow, I'm not even thinking about her other character. Like, she's completely sold me on this one. So, that's yeah, true. that's... I didn't see um, Witch's Court, but I watched her in, uh, I think it was History of a Salaryman, which is hilarious in that. Totally different. And she was also really good in um, King of Dramas. Also totally different. She's just so good in everything. She was really good in Bubblegum, but she had a frustrating character. <laughs> in what? Yeah. Bubblegum. That whole Bubblegum was really frustrating. Oh, I didn't watch Bubblegum. You didn't miss anything. Except Chung yeah. um, <coughs> and Lee Dong being very cute. That's all. The rest <laughs> um, of that was, was the reason that I wanted to watch that drama. <laughs> it just kind of passed me by and then I was like, I'll go back and watch it someday. But Just I guess we're saying for, not to. Look, look for clips. <laughs> okay. Okay. But you didn't like cancer dramas, right? That's very cancer drama. Oh, no. Okay. No no way. Not watching it. No cancer drama for me. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
And to think she got introduced to us as Cancer Girl. I know. In, in my name is Kim Sang-soo. Yeah, she is the original <laughs> Cancer Girl. And the fact that we still call her Cancer Girl. <laughs> she was so memorably irritating. I just couldn't go away. She was uh, the Cancer X girlfriend that's that was her entire that was yeah. all she had to offer yeah her character had no redeeming qualities but let's move on go on to, uh, anisa finish what you're saying no i was just gonna i was just saying but we love jungle one we, we do love her. Yeah, oh yeah despite that character we do. Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> so should we move on to lawless lawyer now Ooh, yeah. uh, that's you because you're the only one who's watched it so far. I think. I want to hear what you How is this possible? There's no time. Yeah, also, I has <laughs> been burned by criminal minds. She doesn't. She needs no, a no, break. No, 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 it's no, it's no, true no, that no. I was, but I absolutely <laughs> am on board for Lawless Lawyer. I just haven't had time. These are all yeah, like, unacceptable. Even excuses. as we speak, I don't have time. <laughs> Seriously. No matter. Like, I actually have to go. I have a list of dramas that I'm going to start after Ramadan. Right now, I'm just like, there's no time. There is no time in life. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, but... Really like, quickly, Lola's like, Yeah, like, we'll find time at some point and watch this, because Legion Key is, like, Legion Key here. Actually, you know what someone pointed out after the fact? Like, I'd already finished watching 16 episodes, and I was all, hey, it's going so well. And I really like uh, Soya Ji here. She is, her character is um, really straightforward, and um, uh, I, I don't know how to, like, she's very pragmatic. Like, she goes through these um, uh, revelations that are heart-wrenching, and she is she's feeling all broken and sad. And then she gets up, brushes off, and she's like, okay, I've got to verify facts. I've been told uh, some things. I need to go out and investigate, make sure that these facts are true. I love that about her. Where That's was the last time she was this? Like, yeah, thorough. Was, and she is like, she's like, this is my job. Like, she's a lawyer. And she's like, okay, this is my job. I'm, I'm like, investigation is something I'm good at. I, I will show that I'm good at it. And we actually see her coming up with leads and stuff. And yes, there is this frustrating um, situation where uh, Legion Key is not divulging certain things to uh, her character. And he's sort of like sent her off to do good work and he's gone off to do his stuff without telling her what it is. But, you know, I keep expecting that she's going to go off on a goose chase while he's going to solve the case on his own or something equally annoying is going to happen but no it's her lead that actually lands them the clue that they need to solve the case so yeah okay so anyway um six episodes in i was pretty happy with the pairing their chemistry was great and um all of that yay somebody though pointed out and i have to kind of admit that um agent key here is very big star do you know what I mean? Like he has all of his like star persona in this uh, drama. Like when he enters a room, uh, smoke dissipates. Like when he is uh, <laughs> kicking bad guys, like, he, he, everything is slow motion. And he, I don't know, he does parkour and he, I don't know, I, I think he might have Oh, even that drives me nuts. You know what? It's because they because he, um he's such a natural at action scenes because he's so great at them. Everyone loves being able to film that frame by frame. Like he doesn't need a, a stunt man or anything. With that's, his, true. Like, that's true. Uh, is, is true. That, that, that's true. That's look. He's poetry in motion. Given. 
but how many how many fighting scenes can they possibly squeeze into the first four episodes i Look, i, I don't count you haven't watched bad guys 2 okay talk to me about unnecessary fight <laughs> scenes when you watch bad guys 2 oh i'm still so mad <laughs> But yeah, so so far, um, uh, yeah, I like these two, and I like where this drama is going. And yes, okay, lawyering is very like you have to suspend your disbelief hard when you're watching this drama. Some things happen that cannot possibly be stuff that lawyers are allowed to do, and it's clearly unprofessional behavior that nobody but drama heroes would appreciate. But um, we'll just move on from there. And well, we can move on from there to. to suits which is but more lawless lawyers <laughs> because which you have to catch up uh, catch us up, uh, catch us up on but, uh, uh yeah basically uh, the thing is with suits uh, is that it's very slick but it's not uh, particularly fast or like there's no urgency in the plot or anything like that i'm enjoying it but in a kind of a low key way but there are a lot of uh, like I don't know if this is because of the origin the source material or just because this is how it's been worked but they do a lot of things that lawyers shouldn't do <laughs> like this is just true. so much that's true of the that's true of the source material as well okay. the source material is pretty fast paced um right. it was very clipping you know Maybe, how american shows are yeah i mean i i don't think it's actually like as uh, it's not slow paced i just feel like it's relaxed because um Like with the cases, the details and things, half the time I don't even understand them. I'm just like, okay, yeah, whatever. I'm just here to to watch the, you know, the cast chemistry and stuff. Mm. Um so in that sense, I don't think it cares that much itself about whether you understand the fine details of a case because it is the reason that I don't get every fine details because they are glossing over a bit of it, just kind of expecting you to follow along and I remember this uh criminal minds did this as well and maybe it's a thing that remakes do they kind of assume you know things and they just skip over details um it's not it's it's still it's all right it's um it's not a work of art but it's it's oh, fun no. it's Wait, fun they, are they, for the cast they doing that thing where they uh, sort of gloss over the details of the case but then they like build up to that you know like that's brilliant legal move <laughs> thing where they are like blow you away with their legalese It's not as concentrate like it doesn't concentrate on the cases so much as it concentrates on the relationships and all that you know that's pretty much why I'm watching it anyway. Okay. Um yeah. but it it's not like a stressful suspenseful watch. It's just like a like a kind of almost oh, like a slice of life, a lawyerly slice of life. <laughs> it doesn't feel very high stakes. It feels quite sort of medium to low. It's relaxing. I find it quite relaxing. Do But you yeah, know, they do do not, a lot of questionable stuff. You're, you're not like this is not exactly like you, what do they call it? Um high recommendation from you. <laughs> it's so relaxing. I could almost fall asleep. No, 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 I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying yeah, it. It's weird to hear about like a legal drama that's relaxing. That's <laughs> what I was expecting. <laughs> I think it does intend adjectives I usually go for. I think it does intend to be higher stakes. I'm just not like I'm probably not in the mind space right now where I'm going to be like bothered. Mm. Okay, but how's the bromance? That's all we want to know. It's not fast enough for me. It's too slow burn. Burn faster, burn hotter. <laughs> More bromance. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> This is pretty good summation of the show. Uh, <laughs> 
Dude, man, you just damned them by faint praise. That's what you just did. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, keep watching. It's good. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, if we're done with Suits, um, I can recommend Sketch to you, which is so Ooh, dark yeah, and and scary that I do, I'm, I'm too scared to watch the ne- I've watched the first two episodes and there are two more available, but I'm too scared to watch them because... Like, it's while you're watching it, you're, like, sort of, you know, um, clutching clutching your um, chest pearls. and... <laughs> not your pearls, your heart. And, oh, okay. And kind of fearful and not breathing and... Oh, basically, um, what happens in it? So you've got... Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember who's in it now. Um, Lee Dong-gun and... Um, Lee Sun-bin. Oh right, that's it. So um, Isumbin has a supernatural power um, where she um, has visions of uh, crimes before they occur, and she draws like she goes into this sort of trance and and sketches them. She she draw she has a notebook full of drawings that show crime scenes before they've happened, um, and she meets uh, Rain's character. Um, and of course, he he doesn't believe it until um, someone important to him um, appears to to have uh, something bad happen to them. Um, so oh, you've wow. got on the one hand that is happening, but then they introduce this completely um, like a wild card element of another future seer. Um, well, there's a proper name for that, isn't it? Prof? I don't know. I don't, yeah, anyway, uh, another seer, um, except. He, th- there's a, a different character who also ends up. Oh, I don't want to give away too many spoilers. How do I do this? Just say that's really uh. twisty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so twisty things happen, and you end up with um, like uh, Rain and Idongon uh, on like the same thing. They've gone through the same things. The the same thing has happened to them, but they've somehow ended up on opposite sides. Um, so it's really like it's completely it's scary i don't wanna uh, like emotionally it's very wrenching i guess because um you know uh uh in pretty nuna um pora mm-hmm. uh the best uh, the friend i was so attached to her character from nuna and she has a, a role in in sketch and so i was kind of automatically like oh pora and then bad things happen and so like the, the there were like some major deaths in the first couple of episodes that really hit me hard <laughs> so it's scary even, and dark but would you say it's good i think well? it is really good like it's it it's readying to go into this kind of very morally gray um what is good what is evil you don't even know so it's going into that gray area and i think it's intending to stay in that gray area and that that's got the potential to be really good if it's yeah. handled correctly to the end mm, interesting. so if you're looking for something dark and crimey watch sketch <laughs> <Dark and> <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna stay good the thing with all of these shows is you never know if they're gonna stay good but it's definitely started good yeah and we're eternal optimists guys so <laughs> dramas anyway yeah hope springs eternal ah <laughs> uh, okay what else oh i watched rich man uh poor woman and um it's uh, uh the first six episodes at least is 
It's pretty much what you would expect of a drama called Rich Man Poor Woman. Is this a Japanese? <laughs> is this a Japanese one? It's a remake. It's a remake. It's Korean. Yeah, it's Korean remake. It stars Suho and Ha Yun Soo. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, um, I watched the Japanese version back when it aired a couple years ago. Okay. So you guys remember Hyun Soo from Monster, right? Um, yeah, like, like oh, yeah. Yeah. So she finally. <laughs> the girl yeah, with so the hair. Yeah, yeah, the, the hair. hair the I love her hair. Voice. Yeah. Mm, I don't remember her voice. So <laughs> the redeeming thing about this uh, drama is that both Suho and Hyun Soo's characters are, they are very engaging. And both actors are doing an excellent job. Like they are good actors, and you can see that. And again, they have a decent chemistry. It's not, but um, you know, I was actually thinking um, while watching uh, this drama that this was right after I did a couple of episode, episodes. After, sorry, <laughs> this was a couple of weeks after we recorded our Men Behaving Badly episode, and um, I kept thinking if I had only watched this before we recorded that drama. I would have had like this um, used to so many of the tropes that we outlined, like tropes we do not want in dramas anymore. It has all of them. Like it has hand grabby things. It has um, power dynamics that the the powerful guy keeps abusing just to get his own way, and everybody lets him because he's the genius that the company's profit rides on. And she lets him walk all over him. And the only thing that she has, the only value that she has, aside from, you know, some plot device thing, is that she cries because he destroys something that she had emotional attachment to. And that's what catches his interest. So, like, and the girl is supposed to be this. Okay, so on the one hand, um, this is like something of the premise. Um, the guy uh, doesn't have like, you know how I keep saying that I, I forget faces. This guy literally cannot recognize a person he's lived with for like 30 years. His facial recognition is completely short. Uh, medically speaking, it's apparently something because of a trauma. Prosopag- so yeah. Prosopagnosia. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Right. That thing, which I will not even try to pronounce. And, um, <laughs> Thanks, Saya. The girl has <laughs> the girl has amazing memorizing skills. Now it's a, it's shown as a skill and not like genius eidetic memory, which you know like just because it's eidetic memory doesn't mean that the person is genius. That's like a myth, guys. That's that's the wrong way of showing <laughs> smart people. But moving on. Um. So the, the the one thing that they could have done really well, and I think that's what they were building up to, was that this. Girl who's memorized her way through school and college. That's her one skill that she goes to interviews and tells people, I can memorize really well. And and interviewers are like, but we have iPad. Why do we need your memory? And like we have hard drives. And uh, so she feels redundant. Like her skill doesn't matter. Like throughout school, she was told like she's smart because you know she could memorize um, textbooks and like Excel. But yeah, in the real world, that doesn't work out. And in an interview that she went in and um, Suho's uh, character is the owner of that company, he humiliates her by basically telling her that her skill of memorization is worth nothing. And if she wants to be someone, she basically just has to like um, show her potential in some other way. So again, this should have been a character growth story, but at least in episode six, there's not much of it. Uh, he employs her specifically for her memorization skill because of something he's trying to do. And it's like, there is not much 
but you know what uh, maybe i'm 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 speaking too soon is possible that they overturn these like they subvert these tropes i don't know but the but it doesn't look good guys like it there are certain things that they can subvert and they probably will after all you can't have uh, a romance unless the guy is humbled in some way by the girl that just how romance tropes work but i don't know if they are going to sufficiently uh, i don't know if his come up ends is going to be sufficiently satisfying for me to feel that this drama has redeemed itself and i really want the girl to get like kimbora i want her to get a proper arc of uh, self development i don't know if that's going to happen but fingers crossed so um i haven't been watching, watching the it? korean drama are you planning to keep watching it Yeah I am I am um partly because I should also mention this they have a really nice second lead like he is a really nice guy he's a genuinely nice guy so I like it's like one of those things where I'm not rooting for him or anything but I just want to see where his character goes and I want to see if Kim Bora's character gets any development at all so I'm going to give this a few more episodes probably till 10 and see where it yeah what they do so this is um 16 episodes right Yeah. So I watched the I haven't watched any of this. Um so I don't know how it compares, but I watched the original Japanese version and it was like cracktastically addictive. It was so good. It was one of those like really great soundtracks. The char- the lead characters had so much chemistry. They were both so good. Um I feel like it did a good job of making it about her kind of character trajectory and her like growing up and finding her place in the world. and he but he was he was a jerk. I don't feel like he was as much of a jerk for as long as what you're describing and I wonder if that's just a function of how that story was only like 12 or 11 45 minute episodes and this has to be 16 hours. And so maybe they're stretching out the jerkiness for a longer time before you start to see a change in him. I don't know. Um but I also watched it like 3 or 4 years ago so maybe I wasn't quite as aware But you know many of the yeah, things that he Yeah, maybe I wasn't quite as not, annoyed by these things back then. So I don't know. I'm definitely going to give that one a try. But um I many of the things that this guy is doing is not something that uh most viewers would see as being a jerk. Like for instance, um he gives her one of that one of those that that the pretty woman uh the dressing montage thing he forces oh. her to change yeah so he basically drags her <laughs> to a mall doesn't tell her where he's taking her by the way just drags her to a mall and then has this woman dress her and he's sitting Let there all like make you yeah and then it just ah uh, and then but she hates it right <laughs> No, she likes it. That that's oh. what irritated me. If she hated it, I would yeah, have been like, okay. The, yeah, and she's like all she, she the thing is that she needs the job badly. Um she's already like flunked 30 interviews. This is her 31st. Yeah. So she really badly needs the job and she wants to make her parents proud and he's basically taking advantage of that. and anything he asks her to do she will do like she has yeah. these small rebellious moments like he she gives him i think um like coffee without sugar or something like that i i forget but and then she runs off but these are very childish antiques and not actual adult no i will not do this you cannot no. harass me like this i don't it remember is, it in like super detail but now they're talking about this i do remember how desperately she starts out in the beginning and how little she felt like she was able to really rebel because she needed that job so much. I don't remember now um whether they dealt with it in a good way, but I felt like 
when I watched that, it bothered me, but at the same time, it was kind of showing how um, you would be forced to do that. And and I think it would be okay if there wasn't a romantic storyline that was coming. But I don't Agreed. know. If this was just about uh, sort of an office thing, I that would be perfectly fine. I would actually understand the girl's situation is such that she wants to establish herself. Her friends are not finding any jobs. She is like one of those, like a, a generation of people who have come out of college expecting to immediately get a job but then a year's pass and she's not getting a job it's desperation time so i get it i get it but it's just i know it's heading towards a romance and this is not um we know that the situation is wrong and because it's a romance we have to somehow be okay with it otherwise we wouldn't be able to see the hero as in any way redeemed so yeah that's, so just, that's uh, my problem. yeah let us know how it goes then yeah We'll do. Are we done with all of it? It really the... sounds like you should be dropping it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I would have, but I really want to see if Kimbora's character goes anywhere. I I like the girl, and to be honest, I actually like Suho's um uh what's that? Uh, what was the character's name? I think uh Eul Chan. I I like um. So Eul Chan, when he's not being an ass, is actually pretty entertaining. And I want to see how they resolve the whole facial recognition thing. I just want to see how which way they go with it. So it just yeah, I like the trope. I'll I'll keep watching and I'll probably complain to you guys. It's like okay, yeah. or you can You're just go watch case. the Japanese drama and not spend as much time on it. <laughs> so then, if I really like the Japanese drama, I'll probably definitely drop this. <laughs> so I just yeah. really like Ogurishan. He's really good, and I really love the actress in that too. So all right, let's move on. Okay, so um, wait, I don't think we actually have anything left. Just got the question, I think. Um, so this week it was supposed to be my turn to ask a question, and um, I uh, uh, couldn't think of one. So, uh, Saya, <laughs> you get to ask yours, and next month I'll be asking mine. Go. Okay, cool. So, I actually really want to know the answer to this. What is your single most rewatched scene of a drama ever? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> go ahead first, because I'm go still... ahead. Uh, so it was the queen, sorry, queen in her man bathroom scene, like um, where he is inside the glass bathing stall and she's outside. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I found that so hilarious, but then she basically um, blackmails him with the the pujok, and I just I like that. I like that she was like, "Look, you're not gonna go back. I will not let you go back. Your pujok is staying with me." I like that. <laughs> like un- unless unless you answer my questions, and she wasn't passive. She was active. She was an active uh, character there, and I I really enjoy that. So that the uh, that was like towards the you know first half of the drama, and I I think I must have watched it like, um yeah, I, way way too many times clearly. Oh man, I feel so. ashamed that I can't even remember this scene. <gasps> what? <laughs> yeah, I don't I have know. a clear memory of it either. I sorry. But I need to go and find Sounds it now. Cute. So you tell me which episode, and I'll go and look it up later <laughs> when when you have time. I've, um, Will Anisa, do. Have you thought of yours? Um, so I think it's either from Coffee Prince or City Hall. I think for Coffee Prince, it would be that scene at the beach where they're both in love with each other, but he still thinks that she's a guy. 
and it's like there's a lot of tension and they're both kind of Aww. miserable and they're in love but they like think it's not gonna happen it's very it's like very intense I also really like the scene where he forgives her like and you know the scene where like she drops all of those I think they're like pecans or chestnuts or something and then he picks them up and she's picking the like she has a hole in her bag and it's, it's related to some, one of her, like, 8 million part-time jobs. Oh, and she, yeah. And it's, like, dropping, and there's a trail, and, like, he starts picking them up from his side, and then she realizes that they're falling out, and she starts picking them up from her side, and then they meet. And, they, and then at this point, that like, the truth has come out, and he hasn't been talking to her, and he's, like, really angry, and she's been crying her eyes out. And then they finally, like, make up, and they talk, and then he's like, I'm sorry Aww. for being such a jerk to you when I found out. Alice. I was. It's just a really... It's like one of the best makeup scenes that I've ever seen in a drama. It just, it it felt like a real relationship, you know? And then he's like, by the way, I'm actually glad you're a girl. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, they just like, they talk about everything. She says, sorry, they cry. And then he's like, okay, don't cry anymore. It's just a nice, it's a nice scene. So ooh, I need ooh, to go ooh. and rewatch. <laughs> okay, can I can I have like okay, a second okay, one? Okay. Like a bye. Yeah, of course. Um, I think I've used, I, <laughs> I think I may have watched this more than the Queen and Hunan scene and for good reason. So you're beautiful, right? The moment when he realizes what her touching her nose actually means. And connected to that when he tells her that he likes her and she starts hiccuping. <laughs> I love that entire thing so much. So yeah, I I, I repeatedly watch watch those two segments. Like it just like because it really hits the heart. Like because she's been doing it in such she's been feeling so sad and sorry for herself, and she's been like doing the whole pressing the nose thing because her manager told her that's an acupuncture yeah. point, and like it makes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it helps to suppress your feelings. I had forgotten yeah, exactly. about that. Oh my gosh, she was such an idiot. <laughs> and he's like, she's been making piggy face at me. And, and, oh yeah, and he was like, and what the heck? Oh yeah, that's right. And he looks at the pictures and she, he's like, wait, every time she does that, she's looking at me and the manager tells him that it actually means that she's suppressing her feelings and he's all, ah. <laughs> Like when he puts the photos together and it's like that moment where it suddenly dawns on him. Yeah. I He's love su- that. Too. Yeah, he was such a great hero. We need to do like a deep dive on that one day or an audio commentary, which I'm still dying to do. Audio but... commentary. I'm, I'm <laughs> totally for audio commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. We should do that. <laughs> okay, okay. Maya, what so are yours? My ones. I've got two. I've actually got more than two, but I've narrowed it down to two. Um, so, Healer, Elevator Rescue Scene. That one, I can't even tell you how many times I've watched it. It's like, I've watched it so many times. Sometimes I'll just open it and just watch that like six times. I don't know if it, I've seen it because I've only watched like six or eight episodes of this Oh, drama. it's uh, episode tw- 11 or 12, I think. Oh, God, okay, I can't so I have which episode. But <clears> yeah. <throat> Basically, um, Pang Min Young, her character is Young Shin is stuck in a in a lift uh, elevator. Uh, should it. I take my headphones off? Because I want to see it. Oh, okay. I'll take my heads off. I would uh, just text when I when you're done talking about it. Oh, okay. Do I need? To, I don't think I need to describe it to you because you've watched it. She's stuck yeah. in a and she's stuck in a lift and Healer rescues her. 
that's it. That like I don't even care about what happens next, which is the bit that everyone else watches. But um, I'm just stuck on that rescue. It's so badass, and I love it. It's great. Okay, Anissa, come yeah. back. <laughs> Do we need to like Morse code or something? How much you know? Come back. Oh my. Okay. Ah, <laughs> um, my second one, which um is it, you know is more recent in Huarang. So there's this scene where um Samek Jung, uh Park Young Shik's character who is like the face the was it the uh Ol Guromnan Wang, the faceless king. So the the faceless king, nobody knows he's king except his mother obviously, and he faces down with her. Um um and so they have this showdown and he, he says to the queen's uh, the re queen regent's guardsman um kneel like he, like his voice drops like full octave and he's like grora kneel i'm your king i've watched that so many times that sounds really epic it was it, it, it was, it was a epic. great scene it was so epic such a great scene i love it and i've watched it like a billion times and it's in the um official music video for the song that he sings for the soundtrack which we can link if anybody mm. wants to see it oh, yeah without watching the drama i love the oh. drama as well but a lot of people didn't yeah i heard yeah i never watched it but i heard it was kind of mixed i'm sorry i'm cheating but can i just add one more that like of i really really love that was recent <laughs> from forest of secrets when he goes home um the hero goes home and he takes um like the picture that Beidou and I gave him of his angry face, and he like, oh, yeah. and he draws a copy of the picture, and I watched that like over and over when I was recapping that. It was so funny and so adorable. He's like trying to like make himself look angry, and then just like staring himself in the mirror, and then, and then I think he tries to smile too. It's it's just the best. As you were talking, I was practicing those expressions. Yes. Angry and face. I just happy love her face. drawings. Her drawings are so hilarious too. I love the way she'd low-key hand him it and say, Here, it's a present. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for season two. So much good stuff coming up that's so far away. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess that's the note that we move on to the penguins. Yay, penguins! Yay! <laughs> Okay, so this one's a really lame one. I I admit this time it's super lame. <laughs> why are penguins so good on the internet? Why are they why are they stupid on the internet? Why why are penguins so good on the internet? Oh oh um, I feel the pressure now because you were disappointed in me last time. <laughs> I won't be this time because it is that lame. Why are they yeah. so good on the it's internet? It's not worthy. Hold on. Because um, they don't freeze? I don't know. That's um, a good answer. But that's not it. <laughs> Let me uh, put, put a thought out of our misery. Alternative answers that are not actually the answer. <laughs> well, my answer before I saw this was like, because they're good at surfing. But that wasn't the answer either. It's because they have web feet. Oh. oh god! Super lame, right? I agree this time. <laughs> I like your answer better. <laughs> that yeah, that made way more sense. I like how I'm not even expected to answer these. <laughs> like you just accepted. <laughs> I like how I like how you sort of abstain from the beginning. They're quietly groaning in the corner. <laughs> is my my. 
Karama's cringing. We can't see her. <laughs> She's cringing. <laughs> I guess that okay. is a very good place to call it a wrap. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, guys. Before you leave us, remember the science question was also for you guys. What scene stuck with you? What have you watched repeatedly? What can you recall in amazing detail even though it's blurry for other viewers? Tell us, it doesn't have to be just one scene. You can give us multiple instances, but we really want to know what stuck with you. And get in touch with us. You can email us at starsinourpocket@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at a K drama podcast or you can comment on our YouTube page. We look forward to hearing from you. And before signing off, I'd just like to add that in the last month or so, we have been getting some comments and messages from our listeners and each one of them has been read and reread by all three of us because we can't believe that we actually have an audience out there. So thank you for making us feel loved and Please keep listening.